Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Hey, today I want to share on something that... uh, it's, it's not exactly a highly motivational sermon today. Is that okay? Um, I've called it When God is Silent because so many times in our lives we will hit periods where God is absolutely silent. There's the saying, the heavens are brass. You heard that saying? It means your prayers don't feel like they're getting through. So I want to explore that a little bit today. And I want to start in Psalm 83 verse 1. And this is the psalmist frustration with the Lord. He says, O God, do not remain quiet. Do not be silent. And O God, do not be still. So often in our lives, we could probably pray this prayer and say it with a lot of gusto because we often feel like this. Are our prayers getting anywhere? Is God hearing me? Is he going to act on my behalf? Is he going to do what the word of God says? Is he, if I'm seeking Will he find me? Will I find him? And it can be an ongoing frustration. And so I want to share a few things that I've discovered in seasons where it feels like the heavens are brass and our prayers aren't getting through and God is silent. Three areas that I think I've seen in my life and other people's lives that actually begin to happen when God's silent. And the first thing is our faith grows. The second thing is we learn faithfulness. And the third thing is that we actually discover fruitfulness. It's interesting that some of the most powerful forces in our lives in creation are silent. Think of the power of the sun. I'm sure up close it's rather noisy, but none of us will ever get there to see what it's like. But it's absolutely silent. And yet we feel the heat of the sun in summer and on days like today, we Revel that there's actually some sunlight. It's absolutely silent, and yet it's one of those powerful forces in creation. Another one is the feeling of love. We can't hear anything. There's no, there's no bells that go off. There's no sirens or anything like that. But love is one of the most powerful forces in the universe, if not the most powerful force in the universe, and yet it's absolutely silent. And we could go on and on and on with things that are silent but very, very powerful. And that's what I want to reiterate today a few times is that the power of God's silence says something. When he's silent, he's still speaking. When he's silent, he's still working in our lives. I had the pleasure of doing some big bonfire burn-offs of all trees and rubbish and things that I'm allowed to do. Uh, it wasn't breaking the law, don't worry. I think the neighbours were a little upset with me smoking out the whole of the southern, southern Adelaide Hills for a couple of days. But anyway, it wasn't blowing toward us, so that was okay. But after two days of burning, I went up there yesterday and went up to one of the piles and it was, was still just smouldering away a, a tiny bit. And I'm thinking, oh, it's probably just you know a little bit of, little bit of dust, but... You just pull, pull the, the 
coals back a little bit and underneath, it was absolutely like a furnace still. This is after two days, very cold weather. It'll, everything else had burnt down. And you just had to scratch the surface a little bit. And there was the roasting hot coals still simmering away. And, and they'll probably be doing that for days. And that's what God is like sometimes. Sometimes we can't see what he's doing, but just scratch the surface a little bit. And there he is simmering away, working away at the coals of our heart, speaking, moving, doing things. Uh, Sometimes we just have to scratch the surface a little bit because he doesn't always evidence himself. Have you ever found that? That God doesn't always stand there in the passageway with the Bible out and his robe on and just sort of speak words over us. Sometimes there is a pursuit that we have to go after him. And so I want to read from Hebrews 11.1. 1. Most of us know this verse. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. When God is silent, we've got to go after him a little bit. We've got to just brush back the top surface so that we can get to the coals of where are you, God? What are you saying when I can't hear you? What are you doing when I can't actually see you? And we begin to ask questions. And questioning in life is a very important part of learning, isn't it? When we begin to ask questions, we're beginning to dig. We're inquiring of the Lord. What are you doing? Why aren't you speaking to me in the way that I want you speaking to me? Why aren't you moving in this way? Why are you doing this? And so we begin to explore. And when we're exploring, we're actually digging. We're digging and we're going a little bit deeper. And I believe that's what happens when we mature in our characters. We begin to go deeper. All of us have a desire to know the Lord more. But to actually know Him more, we must become good at mining. I don't know if any of you have got into mining Bitcoin. But if you've got into mining Bitcoin a few years ago, you would have done really well. So obviously many of you haven't. (laughs) But that's okay. It's on the rise again. (laughs) But when we actually go digging for something, we actually sometimes don't quite know how far we're going to have to go. Um, When you see some of those old shows on TV and you see the miners in the in the, in the caves, in the tunnels, and they're mining away. They, they might be mining for months and months and months and, and not know when they're going to strike something. And nowadays, it's just those massive machines just tearing through the earth. But there's that same inquisitive nature of digging for something. We're not quite sure when we're going to hit it. Sometimes it can be like that with the Lord. We've just got to keep digging. And so it actually grows our faith. If everything were handed on a platter to us, we would be very selfish, um, shallow Christians because we wouldn't have to actually dig for anything. We wouldn't actually have to pursue anything because everything would just be handed to us on a platter. And so there's almost an entitlement where I deserve everything. Give me everything. It's a very selfish way of thinking. thinking. But when we actually have to pursue God for something, even though when we get there it's free, Sometimes the pursuit is a great lesson in learning faith. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is a great passage for any of us who think that, oh, what if if I dig to the end of the tunnel and there's nothing there? 
What if I pursue God and I can't really find him? This verse is saying, have confidence in what you cannot see. Have an assurance that you're not wasting your time. If you're praying, if you're fasting, if you're seeking him, if you're hungering and thirsting after more of him, you are not wasting your time. He is assuring you that he will bring about good things and he'll release hope. Faithfulness. Luke 16 verse 10 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Faithfulness. I've asked this question before because this is a question I ask myself. Often we think of faithfulness and we think of the biggest picture we possibly can, this incredible vision for our lives and the great exploits and all of these things are fantastic. But what about the thing that's right in front of us? What about that little thing that God's put in front of us to begin operating in the kingdom? What about that area of offense that we're still holding on to that we just won't let go? That's an area, if we're faithful with the little, he'll bless us with more. Oftentimes we go for step 10 when he's saying, go for step one. Sometimes we look at the big picture and we really want the the promises of God to be released But so often he then directs us, and I find this, he directs us to the inner sanctum of my own heart. Am I holding on to offenses? Am I holding on to unforgiveness? Am I operating in judgment, way of living? Do I have bitterness toward anyone? Do I have bitterness toward anything? These are the areas so often I believe that God is saying, be faithful with the little things. Be faithful with the things of your heart. I've said this before, but um, and we've sort of gone up and down with our gardening efforts over the years. Right now, our dog is enjoying our gardening patch, and there's not much left of it. But he's fertilizing it for us. I know that's not real fertilizer, but it's interesting that God will allow us to grow whatever garden we want. He won't come in and force us to have roses in our garden, even though we might say, I'd love roses, unless we plant rose bushes. We're not going to get roses. And it's the same with the garden of our heart. Unless we plant kingdom things in our garden, we're not going to get kingdom fruit. It sounds so simple, doesn't it? But if you think about it, it's one of those things that we actually have to employ our, engage our minds a little bit in the kingdom garden of our own life, of our own heart. Whoever can be trusted with very little will be trusted with more. What's God entrusting you with today? What heart posture do you have toward other people, toward people who have hurt you, who have offended you? I find this is one of those things for me and for many people that I talk with. This is the one area where promotion is stifled. I mean godly promotion, but also worldly promotion. When we hold on to things, when we hold on to judgments, when we hold on to our criticisms and our bitterness and hurt and things that maybe people have done to us in an unjustified way, when we hold on to those things, they cause our life to be defiled and we hit a ceiling. I saw this in many times in our business, when we would hire people, I mean, everyone looks good at an interview, don't they? 
Ever found that when you're interviewing someone, it's like, man, this person's the latest and greatest. The resume is incredible. I've called the three references. Just so happens they're three cousins of theirs, but that's okay. They're three references and they've changed their names. They look a bit different and, uh, and, and just the glowing reports. And you think Jesus himself is now employed for you. And so six months goes by and you have a honeymoon period. If you ever employ people, there's always a six-month honeymoon period where this person is the best employee you've ever seen. It's called an illusion phase. And then very quickly, you'll, you might walk past the smoko area and you'll hear, they won't know you're there. And you're, oh, hang on, hang on. Here's the disillusion phase. They are human. And uh, very quickly, you'll learn that, uh, that people are like this. People are like this. And so it's one of those areas that I used to watch out for when I was employing people is does this person carry any bitterness toward their former employee, employer? Because sure enough, if they carry bitterness toward their former employer, they're going to carry it in and they're probably going to start directing that toward me. And time and time again, this principle has been proven correct. And Karen actually taught me this principle. Uh, but she didn't have to face it all. I did. And, um, and so I remember a number of times thinking, oh, my gosh, I've done it again. This person was glowing on paper. I knew they harboured something toward the previous place. And I thought, no, they'll be fine this time. They've, they've, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. That was them. They were bad people. That was bad, a bad situation. No, it was a bad heart. And this is what catches us out so often. We use principles against other people that we're not willing to walk in ourselves. And so faithfulness starts in the inner sanctum of our heart where no one can see, no one can hear, no one knows what's going on, only you and Jesus, me and Jesus. And we actually have to ask ourselves some question, am I clear with him? Am I clear with him? Be faithful with those tiny little measures of our heart. And I believe then he does and he is so faithful to release the greater things. Because God sees into our heart. He sees into our motives. He sees our thinking and our knowing and our agendas and these little areas. And I believe he is really, really um, concerted with making our hearts clean and pure before him. Even if we stuff up, there's always forgiveness. Even if we get it wrong, we can always come to him. But when we don't and we harbour those things, I believe it really is a ceiling on our life. It's a ceiling where God won't actually promote us to the next level. It's a ceiling in, in the world as well, in our businesses and in the marketplace, where you'll see people who stay at the same level for their whole career. Now, some people are happy doing that, and that's okay. But some people will strive to rise up, but they never rise up. Normally, you can point the finger back to an issue of the heart. If we are free from the issues of the heart, we are very, very people who love growth. We are growing people, maturing people. Faithfulness. Proverbs 25, 20 verse 5 says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters but one who has insight draws them out. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Sometimes we have to go deep to draw out the fruit. And when God is silent, when He's not necessarily speaking to us a whole lot of things, I believe there are deep words coming forth. 
if we will listen, if we will dig a little bit, if we will search out scriptures. Bill Johnson says, if you can't hear God's voice, start in a book of the Bible and just keep reading until he speaks. I think it's a good principle. I do it sometimes when I don't quite know what to do and you find yourself an hour later saying, really, is this going to work? And keep going. Just keep going. Something's going to hit you sooner or later. And even if you don't feel it, it's going in anyway. God is like the coals of the fire. He's always moving. He's always moving in our lives to promote His kingdom, to promote His goodness in us, even if we can't feel it. I believe that in the seasons of silence can be one of the most fruitful seasons of our lives. Because A, we can show the Lord our faithfulness. We can grow in faith. And we can actually bear fruit that we can't bear in other seasons. I was out planting some trees again yesterday, as I do. It's one of the most therapeutic things you can ever do. If you ever feel stressed, just dig a hole and plant a tree. I highly recommend it. And... um, I found myself just thinking and dwelling on nature and on how God has created nature. And Karen and I, we're just learning so much from nature, living on a farm and just appreciating creation. And we're just looking around nowadays and and we're learning so much about the kingdom just from grass. I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? God moves in everything. He is moving in your life right now. It doesn't matter whether you can feel Him. It doesn't matter whether you even believe in Him. But He is working and moving in your life right now. He is shaping things in and around us that we don't even know He's doing. He's moving away. The coals of His kingdom are operating in our life, whether we have faith for it or not. And when we begin to scratch the surface, we start seeing a little coal. I don't know about you, but those of you who are with a fireplace, you wake up in the morning, man, when you see one little red tiny wincy coal there, you're happy because you know you don't have to strike matches and start doing all that. You can throw another log on the fire and you'll be okay. And that's what the kingdom of God is like. There's always a coal burning for those who seek after Him, even if you can't see it. Even if life is crazy right now, God is moving in your life. He is shifting and shaping things so that you and I can discover more of Him, not less of Him. He's always seeking to bring about good things in our life, even if we're going through tough stuff. I was reading Charles Spurgeon uh, commentary today. He has a devotional thing. I was reading it this morning about, and it's all in old English, so you don't understand half of it. But he was talking about how back in those days, this is some last century, mid-last century, and um, he was talking about how um, they used to, Uh, get the stone from the quarry. They called it different things, so I'm trying to interpret. Get the stone from the quarries and and the stonemasons would chip away at the blocks and shape them to build the buildings. And how much time and effort went into just one brick. And that's what Jesus is like in building us, in building His temple, in shaping us and carving us into His likeness. He's always doing that with our lives. He's the master carpenter. 
if you like. Always chipping away at things. Sometimes it hurts a little bit. Sometimes we have to let go of things. Sometimes we have to allow Him to just calibrate areas of our life and our heart so that we actually look and sound more like Him and we actually can fit into the place where He wants us. Never try to fit in a place where He hasn't got you. It hurts. It hurts because you're trying to stuff yourself into somewhere where you're just not meant to go. God has made you perfect. He has made you just the way He wants you. And He's shifting and shaping you and I into that person that will look like Him and think like Him, has a renewed mind and character. Um, And when we take on those character traits of Christ, we actually become the person we were created to be. When we're operating outside of that, that's not who we really are. That's the fallen version of us. That's the weak version of us. When we sit in offense and bitterness and hurt and, 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 and all of that stuff, that's not really who we are. We were created to be like Christ. And we're created to actually be victorious over those things that keep trying to catch us and take us down. But that's not who we are. You are not the weaker version of yourself. You are the Christ version of yourself. You are the victorious version of yourself. And I believe when we're not hearing God audibly, I don't know if we took a survey today, there might only be a few people who have ever heard God audibly. And even them might have been the loud radio rather than the God. I don't know. But I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've heard, I've heard a whisper. I've heard a strong whisper once or twice. I've heard a sentence or two. I've had a lot of leadings in the Word of God. I've had a lot of inklings and, and, and feelings on where God is, which I wait for and, and you wait for Him. But I, I agree with R.T. Kendall on saying the, the actual voice of the Lord is rare. However, He loves to speak to us. He loves to speak to us. But sometimes we just got to get rid of those top, coals that are just on the surface, dig a little bit to discover His voice. I believe God will speak to every single one of us. Ever been around someone who every time they talk and they say, oh, Jesus said this to me, God said this to me, God said this. You hear preachers say it a lot. I was walking around and God said someone's got to give $100,000 this week. If you ever hear a pastor say that, that's rubbish. I've never heard God speak like that. But it's one of those things that we we can be flippant about, but the voice of the Lord isn't flippant. The voice of the Lord is is very specific, very specific. And we do have to mine for His voice sometimes. I want to encourage you this week, mine for His voice. And if you're not hearing anything, maybe you, you go to Scripture and read and read and read and start to let His Word saturate you. It's funny how when you read, even if you don't feel like you're getting anything, a few days later, some of that passage will come back to you. Or a week later, a a little bit of that passage will just float back in. It's like the Word of God is living and breathing. It's living and breathing. So it's His Word going in. And it goes into our spirit. And it goes deep within. And sometimes we don't quite even know what we're rationally taking in, but we're taking in His Word. The voice of the Lord, I believe, is one of those things that sometimes we go after to the point of frustration when all along sometimes he's saying, it's okay, rest in me, rest in me, it's okay. And 
when we give ourselves grace, I've found that probably one of the most interesting things with Christians who are very earnest after the Lord uh, to the point of frustration is they're very hard on themselves. I'll often talk to people and say, just be a, give yourself a bit of grace. Give yourself a little bit of grace. You're so hard on yourself. Like, you're, you know, you're seeking the Lord and you're seeking to do everything right and do everything right. We can be so hard on ourselves sometimes when the Father in heaven's not that hard on us. Sometimes He's just saying, enjoy creation. Enjoy your marriage. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy what I've given you right in front of you today. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Take it in. It's the kingdom and you'll be amazed how he'll speak to you. You'll be amazed how he'll speak to you in creation, down at the beach or for a walk or with your dog if you like dogs or cats if you like cats or if you're a Port Power fan, you're pretty happy tonight, today. And it's incredible how I noticed, you know, a few Port Barracas worshipping a little harder this morning. Amazing. A lot of flesh in the house. That's right. I believe God's speaking to all of us at many times through so many different ways. Don't limit it to an audible experience because it's rare. But have a look around you. Have a listen around you. And I bet he's speaking right now in your life. I bet he's moving in your life right now. If you uncover some of the top coals a little bit, look down a little bit deeper, see what he's doing. See what he's saying to you. What assignments is he giving you to be faithful in today? What people is he giving you to love, even though you might not want to today? What offences is he asking you to get over today? What bitterness is he asking you to let go today? What promotions are waiting for you just at the turn of your heart toward Jesus? Saying, all right, I'm letting go. All right, I'm letting go. I'm going to go for this thing. I'm going to take on that that one thing that he's got in front of me, and I'm going to steward that so well. I'm going to do that so well that he can be proud of the efforts that I've made with that tiny little thing that no one may ever see, and he'll begin to give you more. God loves to promote. God also loves to multiply. The kingdom of God is always multiplying. He's moving in your life today. What areas? What areas? What's he saying? What's he doing? I love it when... We give ourselves that grace to not be hard on ourselves. And when we let go of a little bit of that, you know, whipping of ourselves and we actually realise that the Father loves you. The Father loves you. He's not annoyed with you. Even if you haven't prayed this week, He's still not annoyed with you. He's just waiting. He's just waiting saying, come on, I want to speak. I want to move. Just come close. Just begin to tell me your heart. Just begin to share with me. And I, I desire to give you good gifts. Luke 11 talks about it. He desires as a father to give us good gifts. And so th- I believe that's his heart posture is rarely, rarely, rarely angry and frustrated with us. But more often than not, he just desires intimacy. He desires intimacy with you, even if you don't even know what that means. Even if you don't feel worthy this morning listening to that, you might think, I don't, I'm not worthy to get close to God. I'm not, I haven't done enough to really know Jesus. Or, well, that's okay. You're a perfect candidate for the love of God. You're a perfect candidate for His intimacy to draw close today. Not tomorrow, not next week, but today. Because He's always waiting. 
those coals will never stop. They're drawing us to an eternity. They're drawing us to a kingdom eternity that he is preparing for us now. He's preparing for us a great place. And we then get to spend eternity with him where the voice of the Lord will not be separated. It will be continually with us. And right now, our pursuit of him can find snippets of that. We can find the heart of the Lord in so many different ways. And we grow in faith. We grow in faithfulness. And we grow in fruitfulness. I believe we can be so fruitful even when it seems like God is silent. Let's stand today and I want to pray over us. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, just lift your hands today. And no matter where you are in life, what's going on around you, you might just want to take a minute or two just to give over some things to Him, Where whatever areas of your life you might feel there's some, some, uh, some blockages or you might realize your life is, has been continually a spiral of, of ceilings all the time, restrictions, ceilings. You never get past that. Have a look at the inner sanctum. Have a look at the inner sanctum. Where are those blockages? Where are those restrictions? Is there bitterness? Is there judgments? Is there hurts and, and, and thoughts and things that are continually in your life? Normally, apart from the others around you, normally the person who gets hit worst with that is us. We do. We do. Today's a perfect day to let it go. Just let it go. Give it to Jesus, lay it at his feet, say, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm getting rid of that bitterness. I'm getting rid of those judgments. I'm getting rid of any restrictions in my life. I do not want to be restricted any longer. I want freedom. I want to be promoted. I want multiplication in my life. I want a greater anointing. I want to hear your voice. I want to move with freedom in my life. I let go of those things. I want to encourage you if, you, if you're in a, a workplace working for a boss and he or she may not be the most godly people. It's common. And uh, you may have struggled with your attitude toward them. I want to tell you the Word of God says work for them as if working for the Lord. So to be a true believer, we actually need to honour them. We need to honour them. And so our heart's posture must be we have no option as believers other than to honour those bosses even if they don't treat us well. Slaves, work for your masters as if working for the Lord. And we're not even slaves. So maybe it's an attitude turnaround today where we make our attitudes more like Christ, where we actually take on a Christ-like attitude and we give to Him what we need to give to Him and we lay it at the foot of the cross and we choose honour rather than dishonour. We choose freedom rather than bondage because it, we, we keep ourselves in bondage when we keep hard attitudes that are wrong. So Jesus, we give those things to you today. Anything that shouldn't be in our heart, any attitudes, any beliefs, any habits, any thoughts and deeds, judgments, bitterness and offences, Lord, that have been done to us. We choose to lay all these things at your feet today. We don't want them in our lives. We don't want to be restricted. We don't want to be limited any longer by these things. In Jesus' name, Lord, we ask that you just wash them off our life. Take them. Lord, we repent. We give them to you today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I ask for for each one of us, those who have laid some things aside and those of us who just want to walk in a fresh freedom and promotion in the kingdom, Lord, we pray 
that you would come by your Spirit. You would anoint your people afresh. Anoint us afresh in bigger things, in the greater things. Lord, I pray for fruitfulness over this house as never before. Fruitfulness over each one of us as never before. As we look to you, Lord. Lord, I ask you to use us for your kingdom's sake, for your glory, Jesus, that you would multiply us. These wonderful people with so many gifts, so many talents that you've placed in this room. Lord, I pray you'd begin to multiply in a supernatural way. Multiply in a supernatural way in so many different directions, north, south, east and west. Lord, that you would begin a great work in us of freedom, unrestricted. Lord, I thank you for each one of us. I thank you for the incredible people of Harvest Church. Lord, I pray your covering, your blessing, your strengthening. I pray a fresh anointing, fresh empowering. In Jesus' name, amen. 